This episode of the Fun Beat Tailgate Podcast on the Bullpen Card Podcast Network is brought to you by our friends at Schneckbook. Matty D and myself are back breaking down college football week four, NFL week three, and we have our friend Joe Martinez, Joe Mart, on as our guest picker for our five NFL games in one college game. We go through the wild week that was of college football week three before breaking down week four. We go through the death trap suicide rap that was week two in the NFL before looking at week three and some Eagles talk as well. It was a ton of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you guys think. As always, though, make sure to like, share, subscribe to the podcast. Find us, The Bullpen Cart, on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcoin, wherever you get your podcasts. Mash that subscribe button, leave us a nice five-star review, and we will give you a shout-out. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook, just like the website where you can find all of our awesome blogs. Fun V Tailgate blog with my picks against the spread for college is coming out on Friday. But enjoy this week's episode, guys. Again, it was a ton of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you think. Here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by ThunderBlogSports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell, and joining me as always is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Matt DiStefano. How are you, Matty D? I'm still here. <laughs> I think that's important. That's the first thing I'd like to state. The second thing I'd like to state is that the football gods... We're not kind to your friend, as I managed to lose by point one points in a league, thanks to Jameson's Crowder's four catches for 40 yards last night. Wow. Which was probably – it's going to sting for a while, if I had to be honest with you. So that, that one hurts. Sting. Trust me, to 0-2 in that league as well, which is <sighs> never great. Never fun. I'm 0-2 in our money league. So very sad. In, in my bigger money league. Uh, but I'm 0-2 in a couple, and that, that hurts. Uh, in, our, in our league, yeah. I should have been 1-1. One Ironically, if I had started Josh Allen instead of Carson Wentz, I would be one and one right now. Thing to say right there, too. Yeah, Josh Allen had a good game. I mean, the the Bills played, tough. played well, yeah. but uh, just a lot of a lot of uh, we'll, we'll relive the Eagles' pain. But a lot of that really killed. I me. think I think I think what you're saying is that if Nelson Aguilar caught the ball, you would have won. Yeah, you're right. Actually, if, if Nelson Aguilar catches that ball. That's that's four points for a touchdown pass and however many yardage points. Fuck. It hurts to say it, but it's the truth. Shit. You know. You don't... I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I was yeah. too focused yeah. on hoping that the Browns defense, who I picked up because they were playing the Jets, and I had no trust in the Jets. So shout out to me there. I was hoping they were going to get like a scoop and score. I didn't even think about the the other shoulda, woulda, coulda's out. Oh, man. That makes oh. No. Well, that's fantasy football, though. Yeah, you know? it is. Fantasy football. Fantasy football can... Oh, kills me. It's the biggest drug drug addiction that I have. <laughs> but let's uh over golf. Yeah, golf. Well, yeah, there's some degenerate golf gambling. I do. Putter guy is uh, and the fact that that's caught on with all of you guys. Shout out to the real Maddie D for teaching me how to play that game. Um, but the fact that that's caught on with all you guys. I'll end this podcast right now. <laughs> well, you won't get to see who the oh. guest picker is. Then so. the guest picker I picked. Just for you, who you will 
I, I'm going to wait okay. to tell you tell you all who it is because it's a good friend of ours. So by leading off, I wouldn't do anything for for the for the crowd. But you all enjoy him. It'll be his debut on the podcast. A guy we've tra- been trying to get on for basically since we started the show. Um, even though he's not the biggest baseball guy, he's a big, huge football guy. So that that'll be pretty exciting. But yeah, the degenerate the degenerate gambling. As we've learned, both you and I in 2019, we uh we just love it. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't seem to win a lot, but yeah, you're right. Nothing beats nice. you you going full degenerate at the waste management back in uh back in February. It really started me off strong. Started if you will. started the year off strong <laughs> of the year of the degenerate. But anyway, let's talk some football. Week three of the college season, we said it last week wasn't going to be that exciting, and and. There were a lot of expected outcomes, but some Matt that uh that shocked. There were some that were pretty pretty exciting to see. Uh, some closer games and some yeah. big and some minor upsets. Am I wrong to think that it was more exciting? I got smoked gambling wise. But am I wrong to think that it wasn't as bad as we had previously <laughs> I was, hoped it? I think it was I think it was I think at times it was uh it was an it was an interesting weekend. Um yes. Uh, some 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 actually really good games if you found them, which was mm-hmm. kind of hard. You had to you had to kind of pee, you know pierce your way through to find some really really excellent games. But mm-hmm. um, there were some a couple upsets and some other really good football games, you know that that went down. So it's definitely uh, no huge shakeups, but a couple teams that you expected to win didn't, and that you know is going to affect them later on as we move forward. Yeah, I was about to ask, did we learn anything? On a on a grand scale, well, I mean, the the biggest thing we learned is that the Pac twelve theoretically might be the deepest conference in the league in in college football, but they certainly don't have a contender as we've talked about consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not that you know, but um, that was one thing I thought we took ahead. Although I do think um, number eleven Utah. They're eleventh in the country. They just don't have a lot of out of conference games that are going to help them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're but now. they've got the most ranked teams. They've got you're right, but they have the most ranked teams, which is um, which is impressive. Yeah, it's certainly something to look at because Oregon, you know, they actually dropped a spot despite winning, but they're up there. They're still in contention. That's the team that you you talked me off the ledge of thinking the Pac-12 is done. USC drops out, even though they they had this crazy game with BYU. They lose in overtime. Um, Washington's. Looking like they're starting to put it back together. Their offense is looking really sharp. So I think that's a team to really keep an eye out for. And how about Cal? A team you and I were pretty low on. They're 3-0. Right. And, and with the win over Washington, which yeah. is as impressive as it gets. Yeah, I mean, so, and then Arizona State, the huge upset. I thought that, I honestly thought that Michigan State was going to blow the tires off of them. But Herm Edwards... The experiment that we all thought was basically Hugh, Hugh, Herm Edwards retiring early but still working, the experiment's going perfectly. Yes, it is. It really is, and I, I think it's a big win, win for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually thought that on the other side of things, I thought the Big Ten yeah. took a hit a little bit this weekend as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say that. The only thing um, we learned about the Big Ten is that Ohio State's legit, and everyone else, right. you need to take a step back on. Penn State, I thought, was going to blow the tires <laughs> off a of pit. They struggled to really start it going. I get that game was weather-delayed, just like that Cal-Washington game was two weeks ago now, but 
I mean, they never. We listened to that game on the ride home from your bachelor party. They never really got it going, and and Maryland, they looked all over Maryland. The place I mean, Temple. Hey, go Owls! But that's not a great look. Um, and even Iowa sneaking one out at Iowa State. Um, I know it's a rivalry game, but Illinois lost to Eastern Michigan. Not that we were expecting a lot from Illinois, but still, you don't expect Illinois to lose to Eastern Michigan. I think no. that's like the key, the key um, factor there. Minnesota. And, well, Minnesota, a team that we kind of talked as a dark horse, barely beat Georgia Southern. So that's something to, you know, to, to kind of keep an eye on. Um, I just didn't think overall it was a great week, you know, f- other than Ohio State. And, and Wisconsin didn't play. You know, Michigan didn't play. But, but still, not a great week for, uh, for the Big Ten. Um, and that hurts. Purdue get crushed by TCU at home. P- Purdue was at home. Not that we're, Like I said, not that we're expecting a lot. But come on. You know, the, this um, – Conference is supposed to be one of the best in football, and I didn't think it showed up all the way. Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, and then other than that, we saw the UCF-Stanford game. UCF looks legit. They look like they're going to be getting it going. I don't know if necessarily that where we were supposed to think about Stanford. I know they beat. They had that crazy game against USC two weeks ago. Um, the SEC, I mean, a lot of the same news. Uh, I was bummed that Kentucky couldn't pull it out. I was, I, I was pretty high on them last week, but Florida really showing its teeth. Uh and now the Gators face Tennessee, and you, you almost think if they don't blow the complete barn doors off of the Vols that you have to wonder how that top ten shakes out because not until any of these matchups start to unfold, like the Bama LSUs, the Georgia Floridas, the Oklahoma versus Texas, even though Texas is in the top ten, but still they're right there. Um, Michigan-Ohio State obviously is the end of the year, but Michigan-Notre Dame, all those games, not, those are later October games, but they're – until we get that, it's almost these weird jockeying for position type of what have you done for me lately? Utah goes out and, and blanks Idaho State and gets to jump over Michigan, who is off and coming off that 24-21. And I feel like until we start to see some of these mix-up games, we're not really going to get much out of this jockeying for position other than that. Well, right. I mean, right now it's like, can you who, can you blow somebody out by more than somebody else? Yeah, exactly. That's how you look good. Um, and for the most part, these teams are all doing it. Um, yeah, I, I will tell you this, the Florida loses, uh, Felipe Franks for the season. He's done. Yep. Even though they came back to scrape out a win over a Kentucky team that I really thought had it. In, I thought had it in the bag when I was, when I was, when I was tuning into that game a little bit. So it's definitely kind of a bummer for, um, for Kentucky, but Florida's a little bit of trouble without, without their starting quarterback. So we'll kind of see how that shakes itself out moving forward. Um, I also just want to give a quick shout-out to Les Miles in Kansas. They beat Boston College in Boston College. Um, I, you know, good to see from a Kansas program that we have, you know, haven't seen much from in many, many years. They're kind of the laughing stock football-wise of the Big Ten. Um, first win over anybody decent. They go to West Virginia. They, they, they host West Virginia next week, and they'll get into some more tougher games. But – Nice to see Les getting off to a nice clean – I mean, a nice start. I mean, yeah, he did, they did lose to uh, Coastal Carolina, but good bounce-back win for Les Miles there. Yeah, uh, obviously nice to see with that. And it's one of those that might have a ripple effect of who – depending on who Boston College plays and or beats in the big – in the ACC, excuse me, and what Kansas is able to do in the Big 12. There's some sort of – it gets into that tinfoil hat territory of – well, we beat them by that by this much, and they beat those guys, and then we, we beat the guys that they beat, and all that sort of stuff. So it's one of those games that I feel like if if one of those teams bounces a huge way, makes some sort of splash win, 
like we always saw out of Iowa State before Iowa State became the team to do that. I, I feel yeah. like that's going to be something that on that in late November, early December, we're going to be like, well, remember that time that Kansas beat Boston College and then Clemson beating Boston College doesn't look as good, and that makes a difference between having to play the three seed or the four seed, you know? I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's why some of these games, even though they don't make a lot of sense now, may factor in later. Um, so you got to, you know, always pay attention there mm-hmm. um, to a lot of these to a lot of these matches, even if they don't seem as great as you would expect sometimes. Yeah, and despite the fact that it was the first week since, was it 17 or 16, that there was no ranked matchups, it's something that I, oh, feel I didn't like, see that. I don't know. I don't know that's that. That's we, a little wild, we, though. Yeah, it's it's either two or three years it's been since there was a week with no ranked opponents facing each other. And, I, you know, it it ended up being something where, you know, we're driving back from Maryland from your bachelor party. Where I'm going to a wedding, and I'm just kind of keeping my eye on scores, what I did gambling-wise, different fantasy news with all the different stuff that was going on. Um, it was something that, that I felt okay having not written a blog for it and not totally watching, sitting down on my couch or sitting down in the locker room at Gulf Mills or wherever, or your house or wherever. Um, it felt okay, but then you look back on it on Sunday when you look over scores and say, shit, I got rocked gambling-wise because I was very high in the Big Ten and I shouldn't have been. Should have been higher in the Pac-12. The Big 12, all of a sudden, you know, we're, we, we're higher on them and maybe we don't know what to think. And then the SEC is still the SEC. But it was a day that I feel like I, you know, like you said, it's gonna. There's gonna be a lot of conversations that I feel like are gonna come back to late September, last week and this week that I think are gonna make factors not just in the college football playoff, but I feel like in the New Year's Six bowls and some of those higher, ta- highly touted non-New Year's Six bowls like the Outback Bowl and all that kind of stuff. It's gonna make differences in how those games get selected and what what ripple effects they have. I feel like we're gonna continue to talk about a lot. Yeah, no, I know, and and I mean, I just think the whole only hard part here is this kind of. I think for college football, it, it kind of faded them a little bit this week. Yeah. Well, so a lot of in the NFL, in the NFL. life, their storyline. Right, and, yeah, and there was, was no big game for anybody to latch onto. Yeah, and I, I just think that kind of negatively affected college, and and it, it just you know it's a little bit harder to get into, and you know now with with Thursday night games and all the news from that we're going to talk about with the quarterbacks getting injured, Antonio Brown, um, Jalen Ramsey, Mink Fitzpatrick, those storylines are really going to grow, and it's kind of drowning out college to an extent because right now the college you know people kind of know what the big games are coming later in the year. You kind of know who the number one and two teams are, and it just seems like we're kind of waiting for those matchups to occur. I think that's a shame because there's still some really good football being played right now. Um, but I do think week four dives us right back into it. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, there's going to be some just really excellent football this weekend, and it's going to be fun to watch um, and plenty of ranked matchups and, and big matchups across the board, I think, for a much stronger um, uh, much stronger. Uh, college football week and some some real marquee uh, matchups, if you will. Yeah, uh, in my I believe. Yeah, yep. obviously you and I are a little more biased towards one of them because it involves Michigan. But you have three ranked opponents or three ma- fully ranked matchups. You have Michigan, Wisconsin at noon. You got Auburn, Texas A and M at three thirty, and then to round out the day, you have Notre Dame, Georgia at eight o'clock. Uh, even though Georgia's a, a two touchdown favorite in that, but. 
other than that, you're, you're kind of hitting the nail on the head that there's not a ton of other huge games out there. There's Pitt-UCF, which might sneakily be become a good game because it's a home game for Pitt, so you, know, you never want to discount the, the home dog. Uh, Oregon-Stanford is, is still probably pretty fun to watch, too, but like you said, because they're, Stanford's 1-2, and two, it's a Pac-12 game, even though it's at 7 o'clock. It may not draw a ton of eyeballs, especially with Notre Dame being against that. Um, but it, it, it's going to be a fun Saturday, I think. There's a lot of good games out there, and it's something yeah. that the college fan – this is a college fan's weekend, but I think it's something that people mm-hmm. who want to watch football, they're going to tune into a couple of these games, especially Notre Dame-Georgia. Notre Dame's obviously one of those popular schools in the country. But I feel like Auburn A&M, this is the first time we've really seen A&M, their favorite. This is the first time we've really seen them – look like they have a chance to do some serious SEC damage since moving over there. Jimbo's obviously done a really good job with them. They had that close game with, with Clemson. That's probably the game I'm, I'm going to be most interested in watching. Very, I'm obviously going to keep my eyes glued to, to Michigan-Wisconsin, but Auburn A&M is probably my game of the week. Okay, okay. I mean, that's a great game for a lot of reasons. I mean, but the thing is we already kind of know Auburn. I, the nice part is you kind of already know where both teams stand a little mm-hmm. bit there. You know, because they have played, they have played good teams already. Sure, um, Auburn with the big win over Oregon, and then Texas A&M with the with the loss to um, uh, to Clemson, but they did play them somewhat tight for a while there. Okay, um, but I think it's going to be a really fun matchup. Yeah, um, I do think there's, I mean, a couple other ones that I, I really wanted to, to, to touch on. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. There, there is the Oklahoma State at Texas game kind yeah. of excites me a little bit. Yeah, I was just looking at that. that and it could be an interesting, yeah. Over under 73. could be kind of an, yeah, could be, well, yeah, I expect it to be pretty high scoring, but it could be a fascinating matchup. Um, and you mentioned, did you mention US, Utah-USC? Um, I think I mentioned it earlier, but I did mention it on the, okay. we moved over to the slate. So thank you for bringing that back up as well. Yeah. That's right. Well, it's a Friday night game. We talk about how weird those can be. Yeah. Um, and it's at USC. Utah's only a four-point line favorite right now. USC's still starting that freshman quarterback, but he's had some success. It's definitely somewhat of a trap game for Utah. They can't look past the Trojans Mm-mm. here. Mm-mm. Um, that could be a little dangerous uh, as well. Um, so something to think about uh, when you're when you're kind of jumping in there. Uh, early season slate. Um, so that's nice. Yeah, I do the Cal Ole Miss game. I think you're going to learn a little bit about Cal, even though I think Ole Miss is down. It's still a big program they're playing. Sure. Um, do you think UCF has Pittsburgh has any chance at home against UCF, or are they just too much after emotional loss, if you will? Yeah, that's a really good point. Pitt, Pitt's coming off the last game, at least for right now, between Pitt and Penn State. Uh, it was a game they they had some confidence going into. They lost only by seven points. Now they come in as a as a twelve point dog versus sixteen last week. You know their defense really stepped up, and I don't know if that says a lot about Pitt's defense or it says more about Penn State's offense. And I feel like that's a conversation we can have as Penn State's Big Ten schedule really opens up. Um, I think right. though what you see what UCF has really been able to do offensively, if it if they come out strong, which coming up to Pittsburgh, late September game. I don't think it's supposed to be any sort of, you know, Western Pennsylvania crazy weather like we saw last week out in out in Maryland, where the weather was kind of wacky, it was misty. There's weather delays and in, in the Pitt Penn State game, um, so that, that bodes well for the Knights. And I think that, you know, I I'd love to give Pitt plus twelve a, a run for one of my picks, but 
it's one of those that it really it's very UCF dependent on how they come up there because you're absolutely right. There's the emotional loss that almost screams Pitt's going to have a shitty first quarter. Right, right. They try to come 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 down from that exactly tough loss there or come up, but I guess but down. Yeah. Um, there are. I mean, like I said, there's just some weird like like just a lot of weird games you got to be careful with. I think this week, like Oregon Stanford. You know, Stanford's a proud program. Be yep. one and two the way they have. They, they've got a, they've had a tough schedule. Remember to start. this game last year? Uh, that's one I, I'm. No, what happened? Was it? I mean, I'm, this game Stanford last year. Last year, last year, this game was. It looked like Stan. I believe it was. I believe Stanford, Oregon won, but it looked like Stanford had it wrapped up, and Oregon all of a sudden, all of a sudden comes back, or it's the reverse. But it was it was the game of the night. Yeah. It was the weekend of Logan's wedding, and we went to the bar after post wedding watched the end of this game, and it was absolutely insane. These two teams, they always play in early September. One or the other has a lot of hype surrounding it of being the savior of the Pac-12, and it turns into this knockdown drag out game. So you're absolutely right that it's strange because Stanford's coming off this game. They come out east to, to UCF. They only can put up 28, or 29 points, excuse me, and they let up 45 to a UCF team whose offense looks like it's clicking. Oregon's a team... Probably should be three and zero, aside from fucking up at the end of, of the Auburn game. This screams like a field goal game to me. Right, right. I mean, a couple of things that really interest me too. I'm impressed. Stanford's one and two, but I'm going to give them credit here. They are they have they are they don't play they don't have a cupcake like um, small conference or division, you know, under FCS school on their roster. They went no, Northwestern, who they beat. They went to USC. They have UCF. Yeah, I mean they should beat Oregon State, but that's a Pac-12 team. Yep. Um, they and they play Notre Dame. And this is a Stanford team that doesn't have an easy win, other than probably Oregon State on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, a, it's a it's a positive towards the Pac-12, but B, it's an, it's what a lot of college football team schedules should look like. Yes. You know, th- this is this is a way to limit the number of teams that are just running away with games early. Mm-hmm. And it, the shame of it is, Stanford's out of it, and they're one and two. Not they really in it anyway, but they're one and two. And yet they've got this great schedule where they played a Big Ten team, they play Notre Dame, they play UCF, who's ranked. But I'm impressed, and I'm I just wanted to give them a shout out for that schedule. I think that's really nice to see. No, that's um, a really good point, though, because the other thing to 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 note is that Oregon only put up 35 points against Montana last week, and Stanford goes out, schedules this hard opponent on the road. And they put up 27, and, and UCF's defense is still pretty solid. They've sent a bunch of guys to the NFL in the yeah. last couple of years, and they're still still a solid defense. Uh, you know, I, I think this is – it's going to be a fun game to watch. So that's definitely a, a – it's good on you to, to make sure that we highlight this game because in a week where we could think that there's all these ranked games and that's the only thing to watch, there's certainly a reason to be at the bar and have eyes on a couple TVs or what have you. And yeah, I I kind of feel Stanford with an upset here, but Oregon's offense really been clicking. They outgain them on any facet of the game, whether it's rushing, whether it's passing. So it's something I, I'd stay away from gambling wise. But I don't know. It's defensively Stanford. I think may be able to contain Justin Herbert. If they don't, though, it could get ugly. Oh, definitely, and it, and it might, you know, um, it's kind of a transition year for Stanford, but mm. yeah, still, still an interesting game uh, there for me. I think also um, the one you know, other we thing already ta- uh, that uh, just comparing the two teams just to, to further it, 
Oregon diversifies who gets the ball. And I think that's another thing that, that might, that could make this ugly, but Stanford really has to key in. And I think they're smart to do that. They're smart enough to figure out a, a possible way to do it. But Oregon gets the ball around. They have multiple running backs, a lot of wide receivers, where Stanford has only a few guys that, that do it. They have one running back in Scarlet that really that really carries the, the, the main load. So that, that's definitely something to keep an eye out, too. Yeah. No, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Um, we already kind of mentioned Oklahoma State and Texas, so mm-hmm. I don't want to touch on that one again. Although, I, like I said, I do think it's an interesting game maybe to, to tune into at some point. Sure. Um, before we get to some of the big, big matchups to kind of really break them down, mm-hmm. um, Colorado-Arizona State, it's a 10 o'clock game. Maybe you're up late. I'm, I'm watching. I mean, that, that's a really interesting you know, game. Colorado comes off the, the big winner over Nebraska. Arizona State, we just talked about Michigan st- two weeks ago, that is. Arizona State comes off the big win over Michigan State. We kind of really like both teams to an extent, just the way they're kind of trending. Um, I, I I like it. <laughs> I'm interested. Um and really, it could set one team probably going to – well, Colorado wins. They probably might jump into the rankings. Arizona State wins. They're suddenly 4-0, and now they get some momentum going as they start to get into the teeth of their schedule. I It might be a game you find me watching late sitting on the couch um, Saturday. Yeah. No, it's definitely um, – again, it's a college football fans weekend, I think. Before we really dive into the main bulk of, of conference schedules, it's a lot of intriguing matchups. A lot to really think about. And again, a weekend that I think we might be discussing, well, if this didn't happen or this did happen and it affected this October matchup that then affected this first week in November matchup that's affecting the Iron Bowl, Michigan-Ohio State. The list goes on of how it could possibly have the ripple effect. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and... Should should he even watch uh, UCLA going to Washington State, or is Chip Kelly going to, going to zero and four? I think he's going to zero and four. Washington State's really he shown, yeah. I mean, they've really shown what they're doing, yeah. and there's not a lot of reason to feel confident in, in what UCLA's been doing to start this year. Their offense does not look like a Chip Kelly offense versus Washington State's that, that frankly does. They have they've used a number, they've used three different guys throwing the ball, but but Gordon's been outstanding in terms of throwing it a QB rating because college doesn't have a cap. Unlike the NFL, that's nearly 200. The NFL's caps at 156. This guy and they're, they're <laughs> another throwers at 159. Uh, it's insane, but their running game's great. Borgie. Am I pronouncing that right? Their their main running back. He's looked awesome. And their wide receivers mm-hmm. have been great too. Correct. I feel like this is the week of the Cougar. Luke Falk getting to play last night for the jets. Granted, we don't need to talk about that result. Right. But uh, Washington State looking pretty solid, and that was a pretty good win last week over Houston. Um, I know it's that was another yeah, Friday night game. That we like we like Houston, so yeah, yep. So I like Houston. I like them. Yeah, well. I like them so a lot that too. Was, yeah, wait, so, that was a good win, I think, for them. Yeah, so I mean, this is sneakily one of these storylines with the Pac-12 that might keep them around in the conversation for a lot longer than than a lot of people might have given them credit for, including myself. Yeah, no, I'm with you. With you there. Um, trying to think of uh, of what else. Well, I guess what gets us to there's really three marquee matchups yep. that we're going to have to break down here. That's the way I look at it. Yep. Right. We talked a little bit of Auburn A and M. Do you have any other thoughts? Yes, on we that did. One? We touched on that. And yeah. I um 
I, I, I gotta go. Texas A&M is a three and a half point favorite. I know they're at home, mm-hmm. um, but I just think Auburn's a really good team. Yeah. And I, I like, I like the Tigers and Bo Nix to get it done there. That's mine. I mean, we'll talk about those picks, but <coughs> I just think it's a, um, it should be a barn burner. Um, I think it should be a really good football game. I think Texas A&M is a little overrated on offense, a little underrated on defense. I like that um, take. It's a really tight game to pick here for me. Both teams trending in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually the way they line up with the three big matchups, you can tune in to each you one kind of individually and yep. get to watch it, which is really nice. Right, right. Um, do you want? Which one do you want to go to next? want to go to the big one at night or do you want to go to our guys in, in, the, in the early day? Let's talk the night game because I think that we're obviously okay. – we're going to touch – we like Michigan. We're going to touch upon them a lot. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the night game. It's a 14-point yeah. spread. Georgia looks pretty solid. Notre Dame's, you know, they've looked good, but, the you know, their schedule hasn't been that awesome, and they've only played two games comparatively to three. Matt, what are your thoughts going into this? Well, this is the biggest game we've had all year, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to decide – this is uh, like uh, – depending on what happens here, this is going to decide so much. I oh, mean, yeah. just so much. This is actually bigger to me than LSU Texas was for two reasons. One, LSU that. and Texas, whoever, either team, and Texas lost, they're still in it. Yep. To me, this is Notre Dame, who I'm not high on this year, is going down to, to Georgia. They're already, they already got to play in Athens. Georgia has looked excellent. We know they have all the talent in the world. Notre Dame has had some, to me, has had some concerns. Um, I think that if Notre Dame gets crushed in this game it's over for yeah. them the rest of the year because they simply they're losing good teams they're playing that's the one thing with notre dame it's hard for them to control you know they schedule some some interesting teams but the uva ECC looks like a good schedule th- hurts them right right now for example stanford's fallen way out Vatech doesn't look as good as we expected mm-hmm. usc michigan maybe maybe michigan will be undefeated we don't know but they were shaky against army um, UVA looks like a good game that, that they have to play, but this is their game to make a statement. To me, the winner of this game kind of gets locked in for a potential potential playoff berth. Also, because you know, if, if Georgia, now Georgia could theoretically lose this game, and have, but they'd have to win. I was going to say that I think I think Georgia's think. still okay, but if if they lose, but Notre Dame's done. I don't think because of their schedule, because they don't have a conference championship game to to have one final statement. I think if they're not undefeated, that they're not in. And a lot of that stems from the fact that, you know, if you assume Clemson and Alabama are locks to be in, I mean, just, I mean, obviously Alabama and Tickers got to play some people. Yep. You've got two other spots you're fighting for. Mm-hmm. You've seen Ohio State and Oklahoma. They both look really good. Oh, yeah. We've talked about LSU, um, you know, and, and, um, uh, Georgia as well. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of s- spots this year. And so, it, Notre Dame to me has to be undefeated, and after how they performed last year, that's going to stick in people's minds. Yeah. So they have to win this game to have a shot, and and, and it's yeah, they're going to have to show me something they have we haven't seen yet to beat a Georgia team that we both think is one of the best. Really, any other year would be considered the number one team in the nation with the amount of talent they have there. Yeah, I think if I think Notre Dame being a, a playoff team last year gives them the fourteen point spread because. Just think about this on a very basic level of comparing positions. Jake Fromm's much better than Ian Book. DeAndre Swift, 
much better than any running back that that Notre Dame will throw out there, including Ian Book, who's a dual threat, but Jake Fromm can really get it done in any which way that he wants to. The wide receivers, I don't think, are even close, except for maybe Claypool, but but Georgia has much more of that, and their defense is so much more better. Maybe. You're right. Maybe. And Georgia's Georgia's offensive line is considerably better. Yes. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, so, I mean, this is a game... Granted, I picked Ohio State with a larger spread, but this is a game that that 14 points I just feel like is is out of respect for Notre Dame. I might pick it. I'm not sure yet. I'm still going back and forth of what I want to pick for college. Um, But, yeah, I feel like it's a a respect to Notre Dame for being a a playoff team last year and being Notre Dame, frankly. I think the name helps. Obviously brings in money when there's an enticing number surrounding Notre Dame. Even if they wanted to throw out like a 20-point spread, I think the, the amount of attention that Notre Dame would garner with that would bring it back down to like 14, 15, 16 points. Right. Yeah, no, I'm, I, yeah, I get that. I get that as well. Um, but this, like, like I said, it's got to be the biggest game. It's just so important. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. This is, this, is the, this is the rock being thrown into a kiddie pool. That's how big of a splash this is going to make yes. on the entire season. Yep. Yep. No, I, I, I'm with you all the way on that one. Yep. Um, which leads us to our, our last big game uh, of the weekend. Oh, yeah. Obviously one that we are watching heavily. Both oh, yeah. teams had an off week last week. They could help get – go ahead. I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, yeah. I mean, both teams had an off week last week. Michigan travels up to Camp Randall in Wisconsin. Weather's going to be fine, though. Should be in the 70s. Not a cold day up there yet. They're going to take on the Badgers. Um, obviously, we know we've, we've talked extensively about Michigan's issues and potential warts. That being said, the Badgers haven't played anybody. Um, as as And I'm not saying Michigan has, but Army is certainly better than UCF or Central Michigan. That's the first thing I would state. Um, and the Badgers are only a three-and-a-half-point favorite because Vegas is paying attention. They know that Michigan has all the talent, and they noticed that the Badgers didn't play anybody yet. Mm-hmm. Um, both teams have playoffs, playoff aspirations, and the winner of this game will get fast-tracked to basically being right next to yep. Ohio State out of the Big Ten. Um, it's a pretty big game. Um, and actually, to be honest, for for Wisconsin, it would really help because they don't really play anybody until – they play Michigan State and Northwestern, but – they win this game. They've got a while to prepare for their gauntlet of at OSU and then and then right to Iowa. Um, but I think you're going to see. I think forty three and a half is a lot of points. That is um, a lot of with points. These two defenses. I yeah, agree I mean, it's, and Jonathan Taylor is a great, great running back for Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. He's in the Heisman contention, but Michigan Michigan has the guys to slow him down, and Wisconsin has a defense to slow. Um, Shea Patterson down. Neither of these offenses are explosive. This could be a grind kind of game where a couple key defensive stops or maybe one or two big plays decides that I, I would consider taking the under on that line. Yeah, this is a this is definitely a high under potential game. Forty three. Think about that. To push, it's got to be twenty three twenty, which is granted that's low, that's less points than Mich- than Michigan Army, but still. That game was a little wild. Michigan started off a little slow there, and then their offense really had to step it up. Right. Wisconsin's eclipsed that themselves in both of those games against Central Michigan and, and USF. Um, I don't know. I, I like that, though. Both defenses are solid. Good running backs, okay quarterbacks. 
I like Michigan's wide receivers a little more, but I really like both of their defenses a lot. And I think this is a this comes down. This is the most cliche t- Big Ten take ever, but this comes down to the trenches and who wants it more and how how <laughs> much is that gonna going to affect that? I think either Jonathan Taylor has a Heisman moment against a great defense and Wisconsin pulls this thing out, or both teams stifle each other and it turns into a good old fashioned kicking contest. I, I yeah I um. It's just I'm go I go back and forth on it a lot sure. because I just feel like Michigan has a lot more in the tank they didn't show with yeah, with, with I, I mean I talked to you, Nick. Both offensive, and both offensive tackles starting running back starting wide receiver out um, you know I I also think sometimes it's good to have a tough game early we saw what Oklahoma did after narrowly beating um, Army last year and mm-hmm. I, I know it's Army but and I'm not trying to make it sound like you know like history repeats itself, but sure. I do think Michigan comes out a little better. And and I, maybe that's why Vegas has it at 43 and a half because they're thinking both offenses are going to open it up a little bit. Neither team has ever been known for that, but that's what Jim Harbaugh said he was going to do with this offense. And they didn't do it yet. You know, so either stick to what you did or, or really get, get the ball moving around like some of these great offenses in college football do. Sure. Um, Alabama doesn't run a power offense anymore, you know? So there's not a lot of teams at the top of, at the top of your, uh, your rankings that run big time power offenses with, with quarterbacks under center. It just doesn't happen in college sure. as much. That's actually a really good point. The Harbaugh factor, the creativity that he might be able to do, not to throw any shade towards Wisconsin. That could be a, a, a difference maker as well. Um, yeah. I, this is one I, I'm not considering for my picks when we get to it in a few minutes, but yeah, um, yeah I'm, uh, I'm excited to watch this. I think it's going to be, a very <laughs> eye-opening game for Michigan, for Wisconsin, and for the Big Ten overall. I think this sets the tone for Big Ten football in 2019. I'm with you there, too. This is their first big clash. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be – it really should be fun, um, I think, in this one. Yes, absolutely. All right, any other college thoughts before we get it over to picks? Oh, I mean that's pretty much where you know we. I just don't think we're deep enough in to really talk about the the, the award races yet because no, some I of the statistics are just they're just so inflated because these guys are playing bad teams. It just no. bugs the hell out of me. I know why, but it's like come on. No, so, and that's the thing is yeah, that no. there's some some people subscribe to the Heisman moment theory. Some people look at the overall body of work, but you're absolutely right that there. But that there's these games versus. The Johnny Manziel versus Alabama, and then not to use Alabama again, but Leonard Fournette versus Alabama. There's guys that look like that they're going to run away with the thing right now, and it's it's September 19th or September 17th when we're recording this. I can read. Um, it's only week four. There's a lot of there's a lot of college football to go around. I know. I know for a lot of teams that's the the three or one third mark, but conference play changes a lot of stuff. Records bowl eligibility and awards. So I think you're absolutely right. We don't need to give yeah. our give our advice on who to bet or whatever at that point. With you, with you. But uh yeah, no, that's uh I'm excited for some good matchups this week so I can oh, yeah. really tune in if you will. Oh yeah. But let's get it over to our picks. Matt does not know, I mentioned this, who our guest picker is. It is a good friend of ours. We're going to throw it over now as we recorded this after recording the rest of the podcast. But here he is, our good friend, Joe Martinez. 
<laughs> Wait a second. All the way up north, huh? I've been talking to this kid forever. Oh, oh yeah. my lord. It's wonderful. Yep. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, I'm glad I got the live <laughs> reaction. All right, here he is, Joe Mart. All right, we're going to our picks. We now welcome on our good friend who has sadly left Philadelphia, but we're happy to hear his voice. It is our buddy, Joe Martinez. Joe, welcome to the oh, show. Oh, boys. Good to hear your voice as well. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure. Happy to have you on, Joe. Could not be more excited. You're our first, you're our third guest picker, but you're our first one in person. So how does that feel that you're the first one to actually go on live and uh, have to face the music? If you oh, know. it feels good. And then I, it feels, it's going to feel even better when I just put some money in your pocket. I would parlay all of these, these six picks, huge money. You got it. You know, Matty D pay for the wedding. Jordy gamble more with it. it it's going to be perfect. Love it. And it's hard not to <laughs> Joe, if it helps too. Greg went 0 for 6 last week as the, as the guest picker, so there's nowhere to go but up for our uh, our guests. <laughs> well, I, I know uh, at least one of them is, is the lock. I'll start with the absolute lock. Uh, Tampa Bay beating the Giants by more than 6.5 points. There's <laughs> – I'm, I'm a Giants fan. I, I, and there's just no way – the line didn't move from benching Eli, so that's not a good not, – not a good look at all from Eli. <laughs> They're just um, – they're the worst team. They've been the worst team for five years. Who – why would – I don't understand how it's six and a half point spread. I, it's just – everyone's going to beat the Giants by more. They, they can't score any points. Like Saquon can only do so. But, yeah, so take that to the bank. Tampa Bay, six and a half points. Free money, really. I, it's, I, I don't know. Joe, December the 15th year, uh, against Miami. What are we thinking there? Is that just a – both teams show up and it's a two nothing game. Whoever whoever gets the ball to the their own end zone first loses. Yeah, I think it's going to be um, a two zero game. I think uh, the Dolphins are going to get a safety and the Giants aren't going to score. I think that's how that one uh, ends. Wow, you're really negative on your own squad. Now I'm not surprised, my friend, but I I got to tell you, I circled this game when some news broke this week. Okay. Yeah, and you're finally you're finally replacing your longtime quarterback with the young. Yeah, they one. can't take the parades away from me. So you know, I, I, I'm happy about wait, that. Wait, wait, wait. What I'm saying is though, how much how much film is on is on Daniel Jones? I don't see a lot of film on Daniel Jones. Tampa has no idea who's walking onto the field. See, you he looks you just think like Eli Manning. You just assume he's going to do the same dog oh, shit like no. stuff. It's no, 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 no. no my friend's got a better arm. Because Eli's old, right? He can <laughs> yeah. move a little bit. Eli, Eli doesn't run anywhere, okay? And he gets his number one target back, Sterling Shepard, this week. So now, all of a sudden, is this a little <laughs> little jolt? Is this a little jolt for the G-men? See, I disagree, and I actually have the Giants covering that game. Ooh, is that and one of your picks? It's one of my picks. In fact, I think Jameis Winston might just roll the gr- the the grocery cart worth of points right up to your front doorsteps with a pick six. I'm going to say the Giants cover. No, they don't win. If they were at home, I'd take them to win. But I think this game is closer. I think you're going to be leaving this week, Joe, saying, wow, we might have something in that Daniel Jones guy. I hope I'm wrong. As an Eagles fan, I want to be wrong. But I don't know. I'm yeah, telling you, there's, I... a little blood now. there's a little blood out there. you got a good offensive line. Good offensive line. Saquon could go crazy down there against a bad Buccaneers defense, in my professional opinion. Yeah, I think uh, you're right with James. Winston might 
caused more points for the Giants than for his own team. I think you're absolutely right there. I can see a pick six or like a little, little sack fumble. Maybe uh, maybe get one sack this year, the, the Giants. Maybe two, you know, that could happen. Yeah, um, yeah. it's really <laughs> just who's going to score more points, Winston for the Giants or Winston for Tampa Bay. And, um, you know, it, <laughs> it's been five know. years. I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I, I can't bet on the Giants. I, as a lifelong Philadelphia fan, I understand that, you know, with all our sport issues, how it's easy to be negative. So I, I'm, I understand. I'm just saying – Joe, I actually uh, I went to went to Jersey and put in um, the season long season long bet, and I bet the Giants under. So I what, they, was, the, what was the lineup? They, uh, six six games. I, I I just I thought that was easy money as well. I don't think they're going to win six games. Uh, I took the Jets over, so that that uh. Well, I took the Jets under. That was great. under seven and a half is what I had. I think they were, uh, I yeah, think they're sub five hundred. I thought they. Yeah, I just wanted them to be perfectly mediocre. All I needed was eight wins out of them, perfectly mediocre. But then, you know, Darnold has to go kiss girls. and uh, Yeah, that's yeah, not good. I also took the Bills under at uh, seven and a half, and that's, uh, that's proven to be wrong. So <laughs> Yeah, the Bills, Bills are – they're good. Yeah, yeah. I think they're going to – Josh Allen looks good in shorts. Uh, that's all you got to know. <laughs> that's all you got to know. Josh all Allen's good in shorts. Do you see that they're that – they're, Buffalo PD is increasing their their staffing for the home opener this weekend because they're two and zero. They're afraid that there's too many knuckleheads showing up. I just I wonder what like actual the quote garbage too many is. knuckleheads. <laughs> oh really? I thought you just threw in some old timey words for it. No. Buffalo is so cute. Buffalo is so cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is going to be one of my picks though, so I'm just going to use that as my first sure. one. Is Buffalo minus six against Cincinnati? Uh, the Bengals. Mm. It's a lot of points for a Buffalo team that lost Devin Singletary last week, but Josh Allen looks good in shorts, and he's uh, figuring it out. And I don't he's, know. Cincinnati, he's mobile. He's, he's mobile. He figures he's, it out. Uh, they, he's, he's a multifaceted quarterback, and I think they're going to figure this thing out. And I really just don't believe in Cincinnati at this point. I've really lost faith in a lot of them. A lot of their players, their defense has not shown me a lot. Their offense has really, really uh, made me – Give pause to a team I might have had some sort of a positive attitude towards, but I'm going to go Buffalo to go three and zero, covering the six point spread is my first pick. Lock it in. Yeah, that's a good that's a good lock in. Add that to the parlay that I'm giving you and get even more money. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I like it, Jordy. Yeah. All right. So, are we uh, are we snaking? Are we snaking back? You go yeah, back. Do you to want me to snake? Do you want me to give my second one on the snake? That way we keep Joe nice and comfy right in the middle. Where we All, right. Like. All right. All right. I like it. I like it. <laughs> All right. All yeah, right. you're on a hot corner then. Yeah. You, you ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So my second one, Bears minus four at Washington, Monday Night Football. Why the fuck is this a, is a four-point game? I know the Bears barely beat the Broncos. Washington's fucking terrible. They're not putting up points against the Chicago Bears defense. Um, so bear, lock that thing in. That's like a That's at least a touchdown in my mind. In Seattle, in Seattle though. No, it's in Washington. You know, it's not, you no, no, no. They're not playing the. They're playing the Redskins, not the Seahawks. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. No, that's easy money. Yeah, yeah. the Redskins oh, yeah. are terrible. Yeah, yeah. They're awful. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, get it's Monday easy. Night Football. I ignore the Redskins. I get it's in as, in Washington on that fucking sand trap field. But the bear, the Bears are going to figure this thing out. Mitch Trubisky's, he's bound. He's overdue to have an awesome week. 
Lock that thing in. Why do you think? Wait, 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 wait. Why do you just assume Trubisky's good though? Like that—that's what I don't get. Because he has one awesome. I don't think he's that good. He has like one awesome week a month. He hasn't had one yet. There's not that much time left in September. But the again, but even remove Mitch Trubisky. Remove Mitch Trubisky. It's fucking Case Keenum against the Bears defense with whatever the fuck else the Bears the Redskins are throwing out on offense. That's enough to cover four points. Yeah, I think the, the, the Bears defense might score more points than the Redskins. And you just have to hope that the Bears offense doesn't get negative points. Yeah. Just give the ball to David Montgomery and Terry Cohen, and you're good. That's all you got to do. And, hey, I, I got to be honest. I guess the reason I'm, I'm, I might hear my negativity is the, the Bears were three-point favorites, you know, last week, and, and they barely won against the uh, – against the Broncos. They didn't even cover. So you understand what my trepidation is sure. relying on that Bears team. I don't get it. I mean, they won, but they didn't cover. So I'm just a little embarrassed by the Bears right now. they got to show me something. That defense gave up a lot of points to the Broncos. The Broncos. Sure. Okay, now, the Broncos, I think, might be better than the Redskins. I'll give them that. Yeah. But I, I don't know. So. I just don't trust the Bears. I don't trust Mitch, okay? That's what I mean, though. I but think, he's, I I think Mitch is due for a big game. Monday night show me game. So I like it from the nation's capital. Okay, all right. Yeah, four Is points. That, that's that's a tight one. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. I don't know. The Redskins, they they're due for like one surprising win a year. Yeah, but you it's know, always against they, the Cowboys. They always get one. It's always against the Cowboys. Yeah. If, if it was against the Cowboys, that'd be nice. If it was yeah. against the Cowboys, we things we can agree way. on. You know. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So Matt, we're where are we? Where is it? So you were second. Do we go into you, or do you want Joe in the middle? I'll 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 take this one. I'll go in the I'll go next. All right. Joe's on this one. He's all over it. Yeah. yeah, I'm all over it. So I'm I'm choosing uh the Jets to to cover against the Pats. This last yeah, the time 22. I saw the line against the Patriots, taking the Jets. Wow. I'm seeing. <laughs> I'm seeing it's a, a 23 point spread at the moment and widening. So I I think. I think they have a chance of not being beat by by 23 points. I think they got it. I think they have a solid D that might give a little more trouble. And Antonio Brown is an insane person. Uh, so I, I think <laughs> I'm going with just the Jets' D there of just not being able to get an absolute whooping put down on them. Maybe the Jets play conservative. They run the ball a bunch, eat some clock. I don't think it's going to be uh, – they're not going to try and win – and throw a bunch of picks when they're down. They're going to keep just running the ball, even clock out, and just try and get out of there with not with their no hands high. And just yeah, they're just trying to just like just scratching one day off on the the prison wall and just trying to get through that day. So I think they're gonna they're not gonna try and fight it. They're just gonna endure it. So I think twenty three points and it's widening. I'm gonna take a look uh, before on Sunday. I think it's going to get even even bigger so taking the jets on that that's a 12 who knows like belichick might feel bad you know like it's like a school of the blind everyone's injured it's it's like they they've no one you have to feel bad for them like yeah i like their star quarterback i understand i I like it it's such a big line it's so big i know you love i know i know you love brady so i didn't know how you were going to respond to this one Oh, I, I like it. In fact, in fact, I, I they're not one of my picks, but I, I'm going to jump in with another 
um, another big line for my pick because I feel the same way you feel. I like the Dolphins to actually cover against the Cowboys. Not win by any means. Same logic that you have, though. Such a giant line, 21 and a half points. And mm-hmm. I, I know that, but I just feel like the Dolphins are proud. They are professionals. They're going to find a way to make it like a 17-point game and not a, and not a 21 and a half point game. So I really like the Dolphins to cover. I know they're a dumpster fire, but quite frankly, A, the Cowboys are not the Patriots. That's the first thing. And, and, and B, they're just, there's, some, there's some players there that don't want to look horrible every week this year. So yeah. I actually – that's my, my, my second. I like that. And, and also I think uh, Drake, he, he wants to get traded, so he's going to put all, try and put a whole highlight exactly. together. And be like, look, even with this, yeah, like this terrible team, I was still able to do this. I still put up numbers, you know. Yeah. Kind of just uh, for selfish means carry that limping offense at least for a little bit, you know. I I, I like it. it so it's, what is it? It's twenty one and a half. They're giving them twenty one and a half. Another huge mm. stinking line. Holy crap! Yeah, and I still I'll just yeah. never be convinced that Dak Prescott's good. I'm just never gonna be able to be convinced I myself can't that he's he's good, you know. So it I I don't know if they're even gonna score that many points at all. I have no. That's 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 just yeah. uh that's just me hating the Cowboys. No, hand up. That that's a little bias there. Yeah, they everybody they might does twenty one points. Everyone does. Yeah, you know, you gotta yeah, just yeah, recognize yeah. it in yourself. Yeah. Now, what's your other? Pick? So I think it's back to me again. Correct. Yeah, it is. So this one's really interesting to me. And this is the game that I'm actually circling. I there's the Baltimore Ravens travel to Kansas City. It's a six and a half point line. Kansas City's the favorite. I think Kansas City covers the six and a half. Okay. Um, I know there's a lot of hype surrounding Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. They haven't played a defense yet. Kansas City's got a little bit of a defense cooking there. And honestly, we talked about it, Jordy, when we broke down the AFC North and the Ravens. I don't think the Ravens' defense is as good as it once was. And I think Patty Mahomes, uh, he's going to be slinging that ball around. I I like them to win by way more than six and a half, 10, 10, 14, 17 points. I think they hammer the Ravens. That's my one of my locks of the week. I just think the Chiefs are playing really good football. So yeah. they're my they're my third choice. Yeah, that's actually week. my third choice as well. So I, I'm going to jump on everything you just said. I think Lamar Jackson's in for a correction game. Uh, I think their offense stalls out in Kansas City. So I, I'm going to hop on that as well. I didn't mean to jump over Joe Mart, but since I have it, just point it out. All right. Yeah, it's fine. Go ahead. I, uh, I, I agree. I think um... – even if it goes to a shootout, because I, I think the Baltimore D is not like it, it used to be back in the day with no, no, you know no. Ray Lewis, Ray Lewis doing some dancing over there and Stugs with his his beautiful face, Ray Lewis uh, killing guys, killing guys, and uh, if it goes to a shootout, and I don't think Lamar Jackson has the it, he's young yet, you know he doesn't have that that composure to kind of go back to back with Mahomes at, at this stage. He'll learn some lessons from this, and then. Rest of the season, I think it'll it'll be better. But this is, a, like you're saying, a correction game facing a real D. So yeah, yeah, it'll be exciting to watch. Though it's going to be some two great quarterbacks. So it'll be fun to watch. But the spread might be end up being a little bigger than expected. Lamar Jackson try and do some extra shit and a little a little pick at the end, a little backdoor cover. I think for Ooh. you. <laughs> I have a little backdoor cover there. That's so nice. Is that your third nice. pick then? Kansas City minus six and a half. Um, 
so it's up to me now? It's mine? Yeah, so it's up to you now. Yeah. yeah. For your third oh, okay. pick. So I'm I'm gonna do a pander pick for you guys. I'm picking the Eagles six and a half against the Lions. Ooh, the Detroit Lions. Like the Lions. Exactly. I just don't think the Lions are ever gonna really figure it out. Stafford's gonna have a hundred million miles of passing yards, so many touchdowns, so many picks, and but he'll never be uh, winning. I just don't think they they have. I, I'm not, I don't know what they really have going for them. The Lions. I was surprised to see. It. I know the Eagles were a bit banged up, but I, I think six and a half. I, they're gonna they're gonna cover one touchdown. I'm I'm expecting a ten to fourteen point. Victory, and then uh, maybe a little Lions garbage time, uh, tightening it up uh, to ten. Wow! So you're telling me that you picked against the Giants? You're picking my birds. I love it. I love. I love it. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> this uh, this year is a wonky year. I like, last five years, I've been. I got to do something different. You know, maybe. Okay. Probably some way to figure right. it out. I like that. How are you guys feeling about the the Eagles this this week? Are you as confident as I am on that? I feel confident they're going to win. I don't know about six and a half. I just think it's one of the it's one of those weeks they come off this emotional loss. Kind of reminds me, Matt and I talked about, or so what the listeners are going to hear, but we talked about the Eagles in the NFL section, which is coming up after the picks. But we talk about it and say that you know that the loss to to. Atlanta reminded me a lot of the Kansas City loss two years ago. This feels like one of those games, like two years ago in week three. The Eagles play the Giants. It's a game that that you think the Eagles are going to blow them out in. It ends up being a really close game. Granted, this is not a divisional game by any stretch of the imagination. That's a Jake Elliott huge kick. My heart will go on kick. Uh, this this feels kind of like that. that yeah. It feels kind of like it. So I, I'm going to shy away from the six and a half. It just feels like something where... Everybody's going to be hammering the Eagles, thinking Carson Wentz is going to have a 400-yard passing day. Their running game is going to be be out to the to the races. So I, I'm going to shy away from it just because I feel like even at 6.5, that line doesn't continue to move upward. You're going to get some really shitty odds on it. So I, I'm going to stay away from that from one of my picks. But I like it. I love the confidence, Joe. Yeah, you're just protecting your heart there. You don't want yeah. to get too. I, it's it's just on Wentz's uh the last the the final drive that he, he was able to yeah do. he looked great in it. He's doing some crazy shit. He's he's you know I just think uh, if it goes to a shootout with with Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford's gonna mess up first. You know he's he's gonna blink first, and that's gonna be the difference of the touchdown. But I see what you're saying. It's We'll see. I, I think I'm gonna put in this parlay that I have, and then when I'm when I have just all the cash, I'll, I'll break a little bit off for you. I love it. I love I love a little dividend. It's great. Yeah. By the way, yeah. just to assist uh, with my uh, Dolphins uh, uh, Cowboys pick, uh, Josh Rosen has been named the starter this week for the Dolphins. <laughs> so no more Pitt six Fitzpatrick out there, which is good. Good for me and my decision making. Just a heads up. Thought about Josh you. Rosen's gonna go like six for six with 150 yards. It works. It works. Kenyon Drake, buy stock. Buy, buy, buy. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's a good swing towards the Matty D uh, pick. I wonder if it's gonna change the line uh, as as the week goes on a little bit. Because you're right, yeah, Fitz Magic. It, it, it's gonna he's gonna put up some. Uh, he's gonna try some shit that Rosen ain't gonna try. Can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. All right, so I, I – Jordy, my, tell me what – So I had Kansas City minus six and a half. I already gave the reasons for that. 
Uh, my fourth pick, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Atlanta plus one and a half at Indy. Uh, I know they had the the emotional win over the Eagles. I know Indy's looked actually pretty good and had that nice win against uh, against Tennessee last week. They're coming back to home. I just think Atlanta keeps it rolling. They figure it out a little more. Their defense steps it up, neutralizes a lot of the threats that that can't that uh, Indy has specifically with their wide receivers. I think they force the ball in Marlon Mack's hands, and I think they hold him up there. Uh, and I like Atlanta to go on the road and upset them here. Uh, my plus one and a half, Atlanta. Mm. I like. I I bet too much times on on Matt Ryan and uh, everybody has gets, get burned so many so many times. But. Everybody has. It's a risky pick, but I it just it just feels like it. And over under forty seven, little bonus pick. I feel like that's an over. I feel like that's an over bet. Oh yeah, 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 and then I. I think that's going over. I think that's the safer. That's like a fifty-five safer, uh, point game in my mind. Yeah, that that's the safer bet for, for me yeah. versus uh, picking the Falcons. I think that's that's some nice money. You just go with the over there. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, sound logic. We have to just see if Falcons which one comes out. You know. Yeah, it's the Jekyll and Hyde team. Absolute garbage. It's stupid. It's stupid, but I'm going with it. Yeah. All right. All right. What do you got next? What's your fifth? Is it fifth, fifth pick? No. No, it's Joe's, pick. Joe's fourth pick. Is, oh, did you okay. just do two? Oh, yeah, you I did. did. You did. Yeah, I can't see my six and a half as well. And this is right, completely right, unplanned, right. but we're, we're not picking any of the same games, which is pretty nice. So I'm I'm picking um, San Fran minus 10 over the Steelers. Oh, you have it at minus 10? Oh, minus 7. I lied to you. Yeah, all right. I was about to say, I had it minus 6 <laughs> and a half. I'm, I'm looking at the number 7, and I just said 10. You know, what? Yeah, you, know, you lose your mind a little bit. But yeah, I think big big Ben out, and well, I think Jimmy G, uh, he's better than uh, he's not getting much attention ever since going out with porn stars and strippers. Uh, he's he's laid low, and uh, so I think going under the radar. I think without Big Ben, they've been bank- banking on that since what? Oh four was the, the draft class? Yeah. Oh five. Oh four. So, oh four. Yeah. So they haven't even considered uh, another. Mason Rudolph looked okay, though. I will say that. Yeah, yeah, but I, I just, I think now, especially with the, the the players' agreement and stuff, and the the union players' association, no one, they don't get reps. Other the other teams doesn't get reps. Like the second team quarterback is not getting getting reps to sure, sure. compete at a high level in one week. Big Ben, he's definitely selfish and not even semi-sharing uh, any reps. He's in both walking boots on his elbows and everything, just taking all the reps. So I think it's an adjustment. I think after maybe next week, they'll they'll bounce back. But this first week, I, I don't really see it as, uh, as covering that seven points against San Fran. But I like it. Who knows? That's one of the, the weaker ones out, out of the, the six. So if you're going to do – Parlay, you may cut that one out. And then tease do, it. Tease do that one. Div- yeah, yeah, yeah. Just... Six-point teaser. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's the way. That, that's the weakest one. If I was a handicapper, that my least confident one. All right, all right. I like it. I like it. Cool. Matty D, it's Ooh. over to you. That leaves me with – yeah. Well, I got a, I got one I've been eyeing up for, for a while, and I've been nervous to make this decision. But I, I'm feeling confident now, and I am taking the upset pick of the week. Okay. I am mm. taking the Sunday night game, 
And even though I had zero faith in them after week one, I think Cleveland, I think the Cleveland Browns upset. Yes. The St. St. Louis, wow. The Los Angeles Rams on Sunday night, they're a three-point dog at home. Let me tell you something. This defense for Cleveland can play. They didn't lose the first week. Baker three interceptions did. Love this defense. They've got a pass rush. They've got playmakers in the secondary. They're young. They fly around. And the offense woke up. They got a they got a steady running game with Chubb. They've got weapons everywhere. Obviously, Odell and Jarvis Landry. Joe, I know you hate Odell. I hate Odell. But the talent is undeniable. And I feel like the Rams have a little bit – for some reason, I think the Rams have more pressure on them in this game than the Browns do. I don't know why, but I just I, – I, the Rams really haven't played anyone, okay? They beat Carolina. They look pretty pretty putrid. And they played a Drew Brees-less uh, Saints team for three and a half quarters. I like this Sunday night showcase, and I like the Browns to win this one and obviously cover that three-point spread. So outright, Browns take this one mm. Sunday night. I like that. You make a, make a lot of good points. That was my my next pick was actually against you on that one, Matty. Picking the All Rams, right. but I think at at home in Cleveland, the dog pound might be going a little, going crazy. Get uh, the Rams offense a little rattled, but it's only three. It's only three points. It's only three. I think uh, Baker is going to have Darnold's uh, footsteps in his head off the line, off the back end, and I don't know. I'll make some error throws. We'll have to see. I think it comes down to the dog pound. If they're they're showing up to, to cheer or if they're too drunk from just pre-gaming, it, <laughs> I think it comes down to the fans on this one. They it, The fate's in, in their hands. They can will you know it to what? victory. I, like I do it. believe that. You take, you take the Rams. It's all right. You take the Rams. You take them. We'll see who's king. All right. <laughs> you know, we got to go ahead once in a while. I like the confidence on the money line, though, Matty D. I think you're right. It's, I wouldn't take the Browns at the points. It'll be money line or nothing. The Baker, okay. they're going to try and win. They're not going to try and just uh, get close. Uh, yeah. Baker, hey, hey he probably's going to wake up feeling dangerous. Got plenty of time, so I'm excited about it. Love it, Matt. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good do game. I have one more? Well, I had one that you guys picked, but I, that that's boring to me. So I got another one that I that I'm like, and I just heard news that Tyrell Williams is not playing for the Raiders. Josh Jacobs banged up for the Raiders. Raiders head to Minnesota. Minnesota made a statement uh, week one. They lost a tough divisional battle last week to Aaron Rodgers. I like them to win and cover the spread against the Oakland Raiders because the Oakland Raiders' offense is banged up. It's a nine-point game. I like them 10. I actually like them, about, I actually like them winning about 13 points over okay. Oakland. So I'm taking Minnesota to, to cover and beat the Raiders. Okay. I almost went with that game, actually. I like that pick a lot. I think Oakland... I mean, they had a huge week one win. I just think that their season is in the midst of a free fall. I like that a lot. I'd even, I'd even bet that at a fourteen point spread. Oh, yeah. even you don't think Gruden has a little magic in him? A hundred million dollar not, magic? Not, not on the road. Not in Minnesota. It's his first road game. They're banged up. I think this is a phone and in game. I think you see the wide receivers really pick apart this Oakland defense. Uh, they're too talented, yeah. even with fucking. Uh, what's his face? Kirk Cousins as their quarterback. He loves to play against the, the uh, teams that should be bad. Bad teams. Yeah, the bad teams. Um, Oakland's five hundred, but you know I think that qualifies as not an above five hundred team. And we all know what his record is against above five hundred teams. But yeah, I think uh, I think they pick. Nah, 
Yeah. That is a good point. Kirk Cousins does uh does thrive against the the bad teams. Oh, makes yeah. him look like a a wizard out there, and then oh, yeah. once it gets a little tight, then uh, toss no it good. in. Dalvin Cook leads the NFL in rushing right now. That's the Minnesota. That's a good point. Right he back. looks great. So Joe, he, your looks, fifth he looks better than good, man. He looks... yeah, he looks good. I was picking the Rams. Against yeah, you have the, the Rams the minus three directly right. against. Uh, yep. So me and Matty D, we have two. Uh, yeah, you have some direct- competing picks. I love it. So I'll give my final I, NFL. It's probably a sucker pick, but I'm going Seattle minus four and a half, host to the Ram or hosting the uh, the Saints. Saints obviously without Drew Brees, they got Teddy in there. If this was in New Orleans, I'd be a little more cautious about it, but I feel like in Seattle, I feel like this is a fair pick. Uh, so I'm going to go with them. I think this is going to be a touchdown game at the very least. Their defense looks great. Russell Wilson looks great. And I just think that, that that their defense stifles that New Orleans offense enough. And what Russell Wilson's able to do with the the skill set around him picks apart the New Orleans team enough to cover this four-and-a-half-point spread. I like it. Yeah, the, the 12th man over there, definitely going to... Exactly, that's the difference maker. Yeah, uh, I think uh, they're just gonna bust out the whole package and have um, that that Mormon quarterback that, that plays wide receiver. What's his name on the Saints? Who Teddy Bridgewater Taysom or Hill. Taysom Hill? Taysom Hill. I think they're just gonna bust out the Taysom Hill package and they're gonna run all wonky shit that the whole game and uh, try and try and fight it out. It's gonna be a good game. I think that the yeah, Steelers it's gonna be a fun game. To not gonna be as anemic, which is why I think it yeah. might be a sucker bet. But whatever. I'm going with it. Then yeah, my college it's going to be entertaining. Pick. It's not going to be as anemic without Drew Brees as, as you thought. But, yeah, it's just hard to play any offense in, in that. They're loud. And Bridgewater, new quarterback, not used to – not new quarterback, but not mm-hmm. not fresh. Uh, wasn't expecting to be thrown to the, the Seahawks uh, oh, yeah. like this. But it, it might be a sucker bet, though. It might be. It, it, he wears it two be. gloves. You can't trust any, any quarterback that wears two gloves. You can't trust him. Can't trust. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, <laughs> that's a I good like fucking it. point. Good, good analysis. So we go to our college picks. I'm gonna S. start, Matt. Last week I told you you're gonna hate my college pick because I went with my brain. Oh, I'm going with my heart. I think. Jim Harbaugh walks into Madison, Wisconsin with a big swinging dick. Oh. Jay Patterson, big week. Hold, and Dr. Blitz, the dudes, hold up Jonathan Taylor. Wolverines, plus three and a half. Lock it in. Throw it in on the money line. Let's go, baby. <laughs> oh, I, was, I was looking at that game as well, and I, just, I got too rattled. I flip-flopped 14 times, and then I was like, nope, I have to just walk away from it. I like the conviction. Let's see. 44 and a half is the over under. Is maybe the epitome of Big Ten football, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> oh. Well, I guess. Uh, I, I, well, are we doing two, Jordy, right? Two, two college picks, no, right? Just one college pick. We did five, five NFL, one college. Just one. Yeah. Well, then, Joe. Do you, are you, do you have a college pick? Do you want me to go? What do you want to do I, here? You I got one. I got one. Uh, I'm picking. UCF over Pitt. It's minus yeah, twelve and I like a half. That. that was almost and mine. I I just I think UCF doesn't get nearly as much uh, respect that they ever ever get. So 
they always put up points because they have to to get any type of attention. They always foot on the throat. They don't they don't let up against shit teams. And I think Pitt has not been good in a while in any athletics at all. I'm not even sure if the, whoever that AD is is has one of the biggest collapses of all time. Whoever took them out of the Big East and, and into whatever they're doing now, major collapse for Pittsburgh and UCF. I think is going to step on the throat. Cruz, I think I would, I would say they win by twenty. I, uh, that's, I think they got this no problem. No, I like that a lot. We talked about this in the college. Their offense is pretty dynamic. They're, the Pitt defense was okay, and they stifled Penn State a little bit. But I think that said a lot more about Penn State's offense than it did about Pitt's defense. Um, I like UCF a lot in that. I, I really like that pick, Joe. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that, that's uh, they. And also, all the times I bet UCF, they covered every single time that I bet on them. So Ooh, huge. I'm, I'm rolling. I'm 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 going with it still. I, I, I'm, I'm Jordan. Just, I just keep keep going. You know it's. Let it's me going ask you a question. Well. Hit me with it. Let me ask you a question, Jordy. All right. You're standing on the first, you're standing on the two box, okay? It's a two hundred and it's a two hundred and sixty yard par four. All right. What are you pulling out in a two sixty par four? Baby, there's no trophies for laying up. You're pulling the driver out. <laughs> there's no trophies for laying up. I'm not hitting an iron, I'm hitting the driver. So I'm not I'm not laying up with my pick, okay? I'm heading down, I'm heading down south. And I'm taking the upset mm. of the year early on. I am taking the Cowboys of Oklahoma State to upset 12th ranked Texas in Texas. I love this pick. I think Texas is is. I mean, look, they already lost to LSU. Oak State playing for T-bone picking, baby. I I think Oklahoma State upsets the Longhorns down south. I'm all over this game, and just be ready because it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be big. So if you want to make some money, you got some good odds there. You go ahead and take that game. That's my pick. I, I believe in Oklahoma State. They're three and zero, and I think they're gonna surprise Texas early. So I'm, uh, I'm feeling that game. At first, when you I said like I'm going lot. down south, I was scared you were gonna pick Notre Dame outright. Absolutely not. Yeah, that's not. That's a. <laughs> That would be the dumbass pick of the year. Yeah, I, I thought that's where you were going as well. I thought you were yeah. going Georgia. Oof. Oh, no, God. I, I, I actually, like that's a, no, I like that, though. Six points. I mean, I think that's a close game. It's Big 12 football. It's going to be high scoring. You never fucking know with this. You, you mean, you're rooting for the over in that kind of a game. And by rooting for the over, you're rooting for wild and wacky plays. And Oklahoma State's full of those, so... Good on you there. I also think now with Brad Pitt, Pat, Brad Pitt's uh, Ad Astra movie, McConaughey's Interstellar it, power is waning. So Texas, their power is waning. I think you have to factor that in. You know, the, the Matthew McConaughey factor. I love. Is, I love the cosmic factor that's going on right now. This is incredible. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. If oh you think about God. that, you know. The, oh that, man. I, Heavy supports of the Natty D. I, I might sprinkle the money line. I might, yeah. I'm, yeah, throw it. You, sprinkle you the might money see line. me there, yeah. Well, do a little half a unit, throw it on there. Yeah. I can. Yeah. What, what's the spread on it? Six points. Point. Ooh. Yeah, I think it's going to be a little money line. That's a 12th Texas They're only six-point favorites over an unranked Oklahoma. That's Oklahoma State. That's why I'm staring at it so much. Vegas knows something there. They know something. Oh, they know everything. Just saying. They know everything. They it's do. All, it's, it's all predetermined. 
They just want to take my money. <laughs> well, yeah. How, how have you been though this year? Are you uh, how many units are you you down? I, I was down. up. I'm still up on college NFL. I'm even. Uh, but the first two weeks I did very well. I went five and two, five and two. Then week three in college, I was very heavy on the Big Ten, and, and the Big Ten shot me in the foot. So if I bet oh. in it. In a Big Ten game between two Big Ten opponents, I somehow win, right? Mm. I can't. Yeah. A Big Ten team's going to lose no matter what, so I'm not gonna. You know, I'm not. I'm not wrong. I'm not cursing a Big Ten team. That's my logic. It's I do full degenerate. It's sound logic. Yeah. Yeah. There's I so think, many uh... shit lines, though. I mean, I almost went Colorado as my pick plus eight and a half at Arizona State. I feel like they had the, the big emotional well, You got to believe in Herm. Believe in Herm. Yeah, you got to believe in Herm, though. That's the one thing. It's like you they had the big emotional win at Michigan State. You don't know how they're going to come out. Eight and a half, though. It's a Colorado team that beats a, you know beats Nebraska. Colorado's pretty solid team. You know Who knows? I mean, that's one I'm going to keep an eye out for. But there's so mm, many fucking I like it. Terrible yeah, it's, it's going to be a good, good weekend of sports, yeah. for sure. Oh, it's, it's going to uh, be a lot of fun. It could be a lot of fun. It could be a... Oh, a big swing in in um in personal units owned, uh, but we'll see. I'm I'm confident. I'm, I'm putting in that parlay. Joe, the big one you gotta you gotta keep you gotta remember. If you're ever strapped for cash, bet five NHL preseason overs. You're gonna win like four of them. <laughs> all backup <laughs> goalies. Give away free money. It's free <laughs> money. <laughs> it's all backup you goalies. Free money to listeners, this is <laughs> it's backup goalies. And people just getting man. lit up. Just don't just stay away from the Flyers. The Flyers don't like to listen to my bets. But everyone else, bet five five games, you're gonna win four of them. Preseason mm. NHL overs. It's a great way to earn some money. Make your money work for you. Well said, yeah. 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 Anyway. Put it to work. Any last thoughts, Joe, before we, we send this back over to our NFL thoughts? Um, no, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm excited for this week. I think it, this is going to show a lot from uh, different teams. We'll have a lot more insight into into betting for the next week coming up. Oh yeah, see how those quarterbacks uh, that that replacement quarterbacks do, and then we can um, then it's just free money from here on out. You know, oh, this yeah. this is going to seal up any uncertainty for the Browns. I think the Browns stink. Uh, Matty D disagrees, you know, so we'll see what they're made out of. Love it. That might be a loser leaves town. Big loser week. Might have to be, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, calling them early. All right. But thanks for having me. All right. Thank you, Joe. We are so happy to have you on. Matt, do you want to tell Joe about our friends at Schneckbook as we send it back over to our NFL thoughts? Absolutely. You know, Joe, I don't know. Joe, clearly big better. Moneyline guys, I've heard, and uh, it really needs to hit up our, our friends over at Schneckbook. You know, they've actually got a great offering. Again, every week they do. This is a G-R-E-A-T great offering, all right, for NFL Week 3. For the first time, you can dive into a parlay. That's right, a 3-4. So if the Jets and Dolphins and Daniel Jones wins his first NFL start, Schneckbook is offering a 3-1 to one parlay, minimum bet, of $180, all right? Use hashtag Deep Creek to get the deal, all right? And also, uh, go ahead and look at some uh, some deals with the 49ers losing to Mason Rudolph is another great deal he's got out there as well. So 
Logan would like to make some money off of the young quarterbacks. All right. That's a two and a half to one on that one for us. All right. You know, Schneckbook for all your betting needs and wants. All right. So give him a call. Great bets out there. You can make some money or you can lose everything. Logan doesn't care because he wins either way. Perfect. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. It's, it's the beauty of a bookmaker. Oh, yeah. Gotta love it. Well, Joe, thank you again. This was a ton of fun. I'm sure we'll have you on again. Appreciate it, my man. Well, the depends on how my picks do. You might want to, you know, <laughs> oh, we'll see. A lot riding on this. But, yeah, thanks, boys. Talk oh, yeah. to you guys soon. All right, see you, buddy. A big thanks again to Joe Mart. Joe Martinez, our good buddy, for jumping on. Loved having him on, even though we are recording this before we've actually recorded with him. But, Matt, what else are you thinking about this weekend in the NFL? I mean, the first two weeks, everyone panics. You know, we, we talked about it in the picks and, and teams we think really need a big W. Um, but now we're starting to see offenses have some time together. We're starting to see the injury tree shake out a little bit, mm-hmm. um, you know, as we discussed. But uh, it's been a while since I've seen two such big-name quarterbacks go out in the same week with Big Ben and Drew, Breeze going down and um, – and I mean, just some of the also just some of the quarterback uh, futility right now in the NFL. When you look across the league, I mean, the Dolphins are completely ineffective at the moment. I'm not just blaming the quarterbacks there. There's a lot mm. of factors. Um, you know, you know, you think of just some the, the Jets and their problems at quarterback, and you know, Cam with the Panthers and um, the Giants making the switch, and it's just like you look across the league and. But also, it seemed like a lot of teams had very settled quarterbacks, quote-unquote settled quarterback situations. Now we're starting to see a lot of cracks in, those, in that armor, which sometimes is a good thing. Um, you know, it's been discussed a lot about do you want to have like a, a, a good quarterback or a great quarterback? Sometimes teams cling to good quarterbacks for too long um, or even average quarterbacks because of simply where they were drafted. Mm-hmm. You know, you think of Jameis Winston or um, – uh, or Marcus Mariota, who neither have shown a ton. They flashed, but would they really be starting if they weren't the first and second overall picks in the same year of the draft? I don't know. I, I can't say that they would be. So the quarterback play, um, there's been some great quarterback play, but there's also been some guys that have just been really bad. I mean, just really bad. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's the NFL, and things things change in a heartbeat. Snap your fingers, it's totally different out there. Yeah, I feel like it's one of these things where, there's all this discussion, Marcus, or Marcus Mariota, he's still there, right? Tannehill's right behind him. Whatever's going on in Tampa Bay, because last week's Thursday Night Football game, <laughs> one of the more insane things that's been out there. Screwed me in my survivor pool, but yeah. Oh, that's, oh that's what you get for using survi- for using Thursday Night Football in Week 2 on Survivor. Uh, oh, my God, that's a mistake. Yeah. But you mentioned it, though. We saw two awesome performances in one game, Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson. Kyler Murray, granted, is a 1-1, but Lamar Jackson was the last pick of the first round. So it's all over the place of who's gone where and and what's happened. Um, I don't know. I think you're right, though. I mean, Sam Bradford's probably the the type A of guy who got drafted super high, then got an awesome contract, so everybody feels like he needed to get get played for that. Um, Kirk Cousins is up there because Minnesota's paid him so much more that they've had, and they traded away Teddy Bridgewater to sign him, and now Teddy Bridgewater, he didn't look bad for the Saints, but he, he certainly no Drew Brees. All the way that this is that this is going down with, with quarterbacks in the NFL, 
is kind of fun to, to look at. And then, of course, you have the awesome play from Patrick Mahomes, who basically just said, uh, sh- uh, shitty first quarter, here you go, four touchdowns, and we'll just save the rest for the rest of the game. Um, which, minus seven, I know it's at home and Oakland had won, but that was probably the dumbest line of the week. And that's including a week where the Miami Dolphins, by the time that game started, were only an 18-point underdog. Now they're a 21-point <laughs> underdog to the to the Dallas Cowboys going into this week. Um, but I don't know. I think where we've... I mean, we've the, the process... I... No, I want to hear about the process. I was going to say it's clearly made its way from the NBA to the NFL. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing that I think is people are starting to see. Um, how often do you see a second-year first-round defensive back get traded? It just happened. Mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey might be on his way out in Jacksonville. He's an all-world talent. You see these teams that, and the Dolphins are the fire sale. They're they're just doing what the what the, the what our boy, our savior, Sam Hinkie did to start at Sixers. You saw a number of other NBA teams do something not to the extent, but similar. Cleveland essentially went nuclear, um, and and uh, the Bills are another kind of team that kind of tore it all down, and and you know they're two and zero, and now we're watching. Even the Colts, to an extent, tore a lot out uh, and then kind of rebuilt. They got a little, you know, uh, but we're watching the Dolphins do it. The question becomes, do other teams also follow suit? Do the Jaguars take the plunge and do something? Do the Giants trade away some more guys to kind of hard reset and, and, and do a, you know, do the trust the process situation? Because it clearly works. Like that's the one thing I got to st- I got to state is the teams that are, are losing, quote unquote, on purpose. Now that, now it's not that the Dolphins players aren't trying hard in the coaching staff, but the but the, the front office knows what it's doing. They've got three first round picks and two second round picks next year, and yeah. I'm sure they'll find a way to get more. You know, they're they're looking at moving Kenyon Drake. Devontae Parker's been on the trading block forever for them. They could maybe get a fifth round for him. You know, they're going to trade it all and try to rebuild it from scratch. Um, and and I hate to say it, but all I've seen is success when when a team truly commits to it, mm-hmm. it seems to work out for them more times than not. And we're seeing that in the NFL. We're also seeing more trades, which is very NBA-like, and I yes. love I love it. Teams are willing. Howie Roseman kind of started that. Teams are willing to pull the trigger and make a big-time move. When would the Steelers ever give them a first-round pick in a trade? I mean, that ne- you never see the Steelers organization do that. Well, they went ahead and did it with Minka Fitzpatrick. So it's fascinating <clears throat> that that whole – this whole process – situation that's occurring everywhere in sports. Do you think that the NFL is the apex of doing the process? Because you can do what the Dolphins did. You have multiple first-round picks. You don't need to continuously throw darts against the wall and hope that one sticks because, like basketball, you there's so much variability in first-round picks in there. And not that there isn't in the NFL. There's a lot of first-round picks that flame out. But because there's so many more positions and guys that are so specialized to their positions that – the Dolphins, like you mentioned, they have a couple first-round picks this this upcoming year. They could go out, even if they don't want to get Tua and they want to really trust the process further with Justin with jo- uh, Josh Rosen. I almost said Justin Rosen. Combined a golfer with a football player. <laughs> but if they want to go out and get an offensive lineman, they want to go out and get a defense, you know, D-back, a linebacker, whatever. Is football, if, the, if it works to the level that, and it works in a shorter time, to the level that, it, that it's worked with the Sixers of being a, a title contender, and granted, the Sixers it took a little bit because you really had to you really had to tr- to really trust the process and really 
really look at it and stay patient with it. And you saw what happened when the NBA kind of forced the Sixers to to be impatient with it by getting Sam Hinkie out of there, bringing in the Colangelos, all that, and the weird trades that happened versus even weirder trades that Hinkie was doing, but then because he did different trades that, that built up there. The long-winded answer, the NFL, A, am I wrong to think that it's it's easier to do it in a faster period of time, and B, if that works, will this be the new norm of football, of a haves and a have-nots, like you've seen so often in the NBA? I just think, I yes, and, I, and the other thing, I to, like to your point, you, you, A, you can snap your fingers and it happens faster, B, other than the quarterback position, you know, in the NBA, you don't just need one. You need two transcendent stars to even have a chance, in real, in realistically, um, and some, and for most part, three. So, you, and, and there's way less of them. Than, Hopefully, their core can more beat core. France. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> the stars were out there for. I mean, Kemba Walker's a max player. Donovan Mitchell's a max level player. But I, I don't want to dive into the NBA talk, but um, too much. But no, I think little, the little NFL. Little shot Boston. It's almost What's up, Greg. Yeah, I think I think with more and more trade, it's even easier to do in the NFL. Teams are more willing to mm-hmm. to give up you a first or second or third rounder. Also, second, third, fourth round players can and are superstars in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They're almost never superstars in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So it's not about just that top the top five picks in the NFL. You can hoard five, six, seven high draft picks in the first three to four rounds. You can close close to ten if you're if you're good at it. And you can build a, a roster and then fill in later. And now that you're, and you're also not giving away everybody. The That's Dolphins still have Xavier, Xavier Howard, a great, a great um, corner in this league. Like there are guys out there that are still good. So I, I think it's easier, almost easier to do in the NFL. But yeah, the and, team has and to again, be willing to bring it around. Base. Bring it around. Lamar Jackson was the 32nd overall pick. Right. Right. I mean, so many stars great. at. But Lamar's looking right. pretty nice. So too. many guys drafted in the third and fourth. Mm-hmm. No, he is. Um, yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I think it's easier to do in the NFL. You just have to be. It's just PR wise. I think it's a little harder. Yeah. Because there's more parity in the NFL. I think it's. I think it also is something um, the, the Dolphins are the first team to really embrace this because they're in a division that's been so locked in by the Patriots for the last two decades that if they just say fuck it uh-huh. and. You know, we're going to lose 43 nothing to the Patriots. If we were trying, we would have lost by 20 points. I think it's easier for them to say that than say even the Colts who go out, they're having a good start to their year. They beat the they beat the Titans in a game the Titans probably should have played a lot better in, but they're still able to do that in a year where they just lost Andrew Luck. They have Jacoby Brissett, who they basically bought as an insurance policy because Andrew Luck at the time was still hurting everything. And you know, we don't need to redive into the Andrew Luck stuff. But if the Colts decided to do that, Indy, the, the fans are still going to show up to the games. They did in the suck for luck year when Peyton Manning had his neck problems. But I feel like that's something that they really expect excellence and expect a quick turnaround. So I feel like the pressure would be higher in a more blue blood city. Not that the Dolphins don't have a historic historic past and everything. I mean, you always hear the Mercury Morris popping the champagne bottles in the Berman show when the last undefeated team loses. But... I think because the Patriots dynasty is is in your division, that it, it gives you an excuse to go do it. No, I mean, exactly, and and and, he, and for the Browns, it was a little easier though too because they the they have been and the Ravens, right? But not, but not that they've been so bad for so long. 
like um, the Dolphins had waves here and there. You know, the Ronnie Brown era, the Dolphins, mm-hmm. by the way. Here's a stat for you. Before the Patriots beat down, the um, Tom Brady was like – since 2013, was like 50-5 and five at home. He was 1-5 against the Dolphins in that stretch. Like the, the Patriots have actually historically struggled comparatively to the rest of the division – well, the uh, at Miami the game was always so their we, Achilles' heel. That Greg pointed it out when he made right, it they, last yeah, week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but to your point, it is easier for the Dolphins or the Browns to go ahead and kind of bottom out mm-hmm. um, than it is for a, a, a team that has such a historic pre- presence, if you will, um, in the league. A team that has strong, you know. So there's a lot of owners out there that are desperate. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't see the steel. Well, let's say Big Ben never plays the game. I can't see the Steelers pulling this off. They try to stay in contention. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the Saints obviously aren't tanking, even though Drew was just out for the year. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Drew's going to come back, so it's a little bit different there. But I mean, <sighs> the Giants clearly don't want to tank. That's why they let Eli Manning start until this week. I mean, there's no reason Eli Manning should start. I mean, I've seen enough football from him. He's not that good. Uh, anymore he's lost whatever he had to and that's just my honest blunt opinion i wouldn't even trade for him uh, if i was the steelers or the saints or the jets um yeah, but you just, oh, yeah it's harder for some teams to tank than others for example i mean yeah i mean think about how much heat the Lakers got in the nba for for a quote-unquote tanking for a little bit there i mean it's clear we're getting crushed in the media mm-hmm. and they got lebron and all is good but yeah i think it's just harder yeah um mm-hmm. i, what I do other- want to bring up another topic i Go ahead. No, you I was go. at, you're, you you're going right into it. What else do you want to talk about? I did. I did want to bring up one of the coolest things in the NFL right now that I think no one really knows, and that is what Arthur Blank, the owner of the Falcons, has done down at his brand spanking new stadium that is obviously worth billions of dollars, and he has set a new precedent that I hope the rest of the league takes note of. He's the uh, one of the owners, founders of Home Depot. Very wealthy man. That's obvious. Loves his Falcons. Very involved. Um, decided to every year give what the team makes. So he's not. He's very transparent. You know what he's making. You know what the team's making. And if the team makes more money, what he's done is he's lowered concession prices. Oh yeah. And it's a it's three dollars a beer. It's a dollar seventy five for a hot dog. That is well under fifty percent of pretty much every other place. And if they bring more revenue in, Matt, that's a quarter it goes down to seven. At a Phillies game. Yeah. Let alone an Eagles game at a Phillies game. Right, which they, right. The Phillies mm-hmm. are the lowest prices mm-hmm. of the four in Philadelphia. Yeah. And by the way, I don't want to – it's it's Phillies with so many games, it's, it's hard. But it's just incredible to me that an owner is willing to make a sacrifice. Now, I would love for somebody to do the math to see is he on the soccer what team he's too? still making. I don't know if he owns a soccer team, but I just – I feel like it's you're paying enough money for tickets, you know. It, it, it's expensive to follow these teams. Yep. To go to a stadium and pay ten, fifteen, twenty dollars a it's beer incredible. to me is ridiculous. Oh yeah. For, so him doing what he's doing to me is such a great job. I'm sure he's gotten crap from other owners because he's basically taking money out of his own pocket to do it. But he's worth billions of dollars anyway. Yeah, I don't. Um, do, I know they I, share ticket new, revenue. They don't. Cool, they don't man. share concession revenue, do they? I believe they do, yeah, but I, I could be wrong. I don't know what they have set up. Now, Arthur Blank's also a slight advantage because Atlanta at his stadium hosts a ton of college football games, mm-hmm. concerts, so forth and so on. Well, that's and the reason why I asked about the soccer team. Anyway. 
Because if you look at NL, yeah, so Atlanta United is only in their that. second year, and if you look at NLS like attendance okay. records, the top like twenty five are all Atlanta United games. They say their max capacity is like thirty thousand, <laughs> but it's like the yeah. if you look at like the top ten, it's like fifty thousand and up. They pack that for like MLS Cup playoff games to full seventy thousand. So that I'm sure helps too. Not to not to take away anything from his right. message because it's awesome. No, 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 no. Yeah, well, you want to take everything into context. And the other big thing too is that he's not in it. Like when you think of Atlanta, mm-hmm. in the South. Yep. It's college football. NFL isn't king. College is king. Yeah. Right. The only two teams in the South to me that really have as big of followings as ever as the college would probably be Dallas and the Saints. In my like, those are the two big names. Um, something about New Orleans post Katrina that they've really gelled around that franchise. And it's when you have Drew Brees, it's nice. And Dallas is obviously Dallas, although you could argue that high school football is bigger than both college and NFL football in, in Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. But those are the only two teams. I mean, you think of Atlanta, you think of Tampa Bay, Carolina, Miami, uh, Tennessee to an extent. There's nothing against those groups, nothing against those teams, but they don't have the same strength down there. So it's even more impressive that Arthur Blank's willing to do that in in a place where – you think he might lose a little money because he doesn't have the same revenue streams because the Falcons aren't as big as LSU, Alabama, um, Florida, Ole Miss, South Carolina. I can Clemson. I can go on and on and on how the South college football is king now. So I just think it's a really great thing he's doing, and I hope other owners take notice. Maybe not three dollars, but maybe let's go to eight dollars a beer. Yeah, you know, let's make it manageable. Let's, you want don't you want to bring your kids to the game? Like that's one of the things. I go to the game. I'm spending forty, fifty bucks on alcohol inside, and I'm only buying five. Forget alcohol. Three or five beers. Forget but, alcohol. Like you tailgate and everything, and you eat lunch before a football game. But like I remember going to games and bugging my parents to buy me an ice cream or soft pretzel or whatever. And that right there, if you bought me, if you bought me and my sisters soft pretzels, that's twenty five dollars out of your pocket right there. And granted, you're getting a big ass pretzel, but. Still, it's stupid to have to spend that much money. Yeah. When you walk Not, out of the stadium and a dude's selling that in a Gatorade for two dollars. Yeah, but again, not as bad as, um, you know, I mean, I, I just I don't know. I guess I'm, I struggle when I hear that one owner's willing to do it and all the other owners haven't followed suit. Maybe uh, maybe there's something I'm missing, but uh, it's a pretty cool story to read. Um, and it makes you feel a little better about some of the owners owners and what they do out there and how much money they're making off of the fans. Um, we love our teams, so we're going to spend it, but kind of a shame sometimes when you see it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, what what are your thoughts on the Eagles, though? Just talking Atlanta on the game. A lot of injuries, a lot of stuff to think about there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's sweet, too. I'm really high in Atlanta. Um, some people aren't because of the week one performance and what they did last year. But they were hit by the injury bug last year. Um, I think this Atlanta team is a playoff-bound team. I said it when we, when we did our preview. I love this Atlanta team. I think it's a good loss if you could have a good loss. Um, I thought we were playing with house money a little bit. Matt Ryan's mistakes, our injuries. Should we even have been in that football game at all? We were, and we had a shot to win at the end. Um, Nelson's got to make that catch. But mm. – it's not the end of the world. He came back and made a great catch on fourth down. Um, I love the way the defense played. Not even I honestly am not even that upset with the loss. I'm not mad about the, the Julio Jones touchdown. Schwartz brought the heat. He played to win, and Atlanta called the only play that would work, really, in that situation, and, yep. and it did. 
Um, and that, that is what it is. I hope, I hope Jim continues with that kind of exciting pressure at times. Um, injuries are going to happen. We're built for injuries. I still think we're deep. Uh, and watch out, even without Deshaun, maybe even at that Alshon, give Carson a little time with these other receivers. They'll get into grooves. I think there's a lot of talent still on the field, um, but they got the one concern. What's going on with our running game? We've yeah. got to be better at running the football with the number of talent backs we have, the strong offensive line. Uh, Jordy, I don't know what they're doing, but it looks – Miles Sanders looks like he's running in college, not yep. the NFL. He's trying to dance around everybody. Jordan Howard doesn't get the ball enough. Darren Sproles was basically not even involved, which was strange to me. Yeah, so, they, uh, my big thing that I kept seeing, they call yeah. a lot of zone running plays. I know that we don't necessarily have the mm-hmm. little Eric Blunts or the you know the always the, the Chip Kelly with with Jordan uh, Howard is yeah like Jordan a, Howard a can do that. You can give him a straight up and down run. Um, I don't know why you're not calling those kind of plays or even a, like the a half a halfback run up through the the one or two you know the one or two gap which is between the center and the guard. Even if you're going to do it out of the shotgun, do that instead of this delayed handoff where they try to do some sort of zone sweep. I don't know why you're trying to run that. They're seeing it happen. The tackles on running plays, Lane's doing a good job, but the, the left side of the of the offensive line doesn't really seem to, to like to do that. They don't really react oh, well to no. those kind of plays. The delayed screens. I think, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. No, I, Peters I, I, is just old. Yeah, and I mean, is he? Even I wouldn't bench him. Do but, you know, know, Isaac Semawalu. Yeah, uh, he, he, it's up in the air, but I think he's going to give it a go. Isaac Semawalu, it graded out. He had the worst ever performance by a guard in the history of Pro Football Focus's rankings last week. Um, uh, he was a guy that Wisniewski started over uh, two years ago, and mm-hmm. last year wasn't perfect either. Um, the right side of our offensive line is excellent. The other thing that I find interesting is. One of the hard parts about running out of the shotgun is you got to set up the, the run by passing because you're, you're, when you set up in the shotgun, your offensive line is off of the line of scrimmage more. They're back in their stance. Um, if you look at a real power running team, the offensive linemen, a lot of them have their hands down. They are ready to, to go forward uh, instead of what the shotgun run is. And even if you're going forward, you're still expecting, especially a tackle, he's got to make up a yard and a half, two yards to engage a lineman, which is more difficult. Mm-hmm. So I, it's not that – I know we were predominantly a shotgun team, but you got to – I would like to see more runs under center if possible. We kind of wish we had a fullback. I mean, look at what the Patriots do with their fullback. Mm-hmm. They plow you right up front. I mean, they're basically saying every, every, every offense, every defense is built to stop a spread offense now. Let's mix it up. And, and do a little power running. Deion Jones is, is one of the fastest linebackers in the league for Atlanta. He's not a run-stuffing linebacker, but we never seem to have to put him in a position to beat a guard or a center. He's always running around free because we don't have our guys up there fast enough. Um, so I, I think there going to be some, some adjustments running the football for us. We're in a lot of trouble. Uh, running the ball. I still think we're fine overall. I'd yeah. like to see us run it better. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, obviously, two some more aesthetic things. The first quarter play needs to get a little more sharp. They uh, mm-hmm. continue that trend of being one of the worst teams in football in the first quarter. Um, you know, when you're winning games like you do in week one over the Redskins, debatably, 
you know, this past week is what it is. And you're right, it's a good loss. It, it did remind me a little bit of the Kansas City loss two years ago. I know everybody jokes the the one and one start. You know, they've won the Super Bowl 100 percent, or every time they win the Super Bowl, they start one and one and all that. The, those jokes, but it reminded me of that a little bit. Remember, remember that game, the Travis Kelsey late touchdown. The Eagles looked like they could have been right back into it, and, and it just came up short. And it was a, you learned a lot from that game. Remember that. This reminds me a lot of that because that mm-hmm. first and similarly in 2017, the Eagles beat the Redskins in Week One. Granted, they came out firing in that game versus the you know the delayed start with the Deshaun Jackson huge plays to to really you know set the tone in Week One this year. But this loss reminded me a lot of that. If you see where you can improve in terms of different maneuvering of especially in your secondary. Offensive line looks good. They were able to contain linebackers. A little spotty, but, you know, Atlanta's shifty enough to give you something. This week is going to be, against the Lions, is going to be not as eye-opening, but I think it's going to show us some because Matthew Stafford started off the year pretty well. Their running games look pretty solid. And TJ Hawkinson has been very good so far in his rookie campaign as a tight end. So seeing how the linebacking core responds to a shifty wide receiver core and a young tight end that can trip you up. I think that's going to be something to key in on. Well, as we talked about uh, when you're going through the picks, you know, Kenny Galladay is a beast. Yes. And no one knows him. Thousand percent. Agree. He, this actually, and, and I didn't bring this up. This, those are the wide receivers, Kenny Galladay, and Marvin Jones, mm-hmm. very similar to Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley in terms of how they both play the game. Um, very similar tandem. Not, Marv, Kenny Galladay is not Julio Jones, so I don't want anyone to take that I'm saying that. But he's another, another wide receiver that's going to test Darby, Douglas, Maddox, and Jones. And by the way, I thought Douglas, Maddox, and Jones had really, really good games. I thought Darby had some issues that he's got to work through. Um, but But – yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, this is the NFL. Like pretty much every week, there's going to be a challenge, and we also should beat good teams too. So don't just write off the Green Bay game on Thursday. No, um, Thursday night coming up either. We'll talk about that, uh, you know, next week. But um, don't we are good enough to beat every team we play? That's the important part, uh, and we should. My expectation is we win every game, you know. But that's because I'm a big fan, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as we all are. All right, but any other thoughts before we wrap this thing up? Oh, I just like to um, not lose by point one points in fantasy this week. So yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice. It'd be nice if I got a win in our one league right uh, and in my big money. If I had a nice bounce back week, the Milwaukee Beers, the first non-Smashers team name. Do you know what movie that's from, Matt? Oh, have you really? I, nev- I do not. Have you never seen basketball? No, I've never seen basketball. Oh man, I've heard of it. But are I've you are you South Park fan at all? I can't say I watch it religiously, so I guess I'd have to say no. Okay, so it's, of, it's made. Uh, it's starring the two guys. I think they wrote it. They didn't direct it. I know that. I found that out in my most recent rewatch. But that's a great movie. A lot of a uh, a lot of subtle sports references. I think you'd like it a lot because, unlike a Tarantino full of just all over the board pop culture references, this is just all sports references. And Al Al Michaels is in there. Bob Costas is in there. Uh, a lot of different people. All over the board in this movie. He was from 
late 90s. We might have to do a, a we watch this, maybe with Joe Mark. Maybe that'd be fun. Uh, and we do a podcast afterwards because it's sneakily one of my favorites. It's not the greatest movie out there by any stretch of the imagination. Certainly not the greatest sports movie, but it's a fun watch. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I mean, I, I can, I, I, maybe I can find some time. You know, I'm a busy man, <laughs> but maybe I can dive in somehow. You know? uh, yeah, we'll figure something out. But Maddie D., Thank you so much. This is a ton of fun as always. No problem. That's going to do it for us. Make yeah, sure you and like. I appreciate Joe Joe coming on with us as yes. well. That was fun. Yes, another big thanks good. to Joe Mart. We love having him on. We love. He's our first in-person guest picker. We didn't have to get we didn't have to collect his picks. He is. If you are interested in coming on, make sure to like, share, subscribe to the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. Search the Bullpen Cart, mash that subscribe button, leave us a nice 5-star review, and we'll give you a shout out might invite you on shoot us a dm thunder blg thunderbox sports on instagram facebook all that good stuff but for my man maddie d i am the g-man have a great weekend everybody and fly eagles fly baby go birds